Hi all and welcome back to our podcast. This week we will be focusing on assessment and management of apraxia. Manjati, um, what is our first step in conducting an apraxia assessment? Prior to conducting a comprehensive assessment, a screening is done in order to determine the need for a comprehensive assessment and any referrals for other examinations or to other MDT members. A standardized screening tool for apraxia is currently not available and should be done informally. During the screening process, the individual's comorbid language, cognitive communication, and swallowing deficits observed. Furthermore, a hearing screening is done to rule out the presence of a hearing deficit contributing to apraxia and its possible effects on the results. So Fatima, do you want to tell us a little bit about the comprehensive assessment? Assessment of acquired apraxia of speech has many purposes, including diagnosis, determining the severity of impairment, and activity limitation. The focus of a comprehensive assessment is the functional aspect of speech generation. This includes speech intelligibility, speech comprehensibility, and efficiency. speech efficiency. So how do we begin a comprehensive assessment? A comprehensive assessment begins with a case history. The case history will use information about current medical status, medical history, surgical history, prior level of function, education, occupation, and cultural and linguistic backgrounds. Thereafter, um, you do an OSME, and then you have an assessment of perceptual speech characteristics. So how is this done? This is done by an analysis of the respiratory, phonatory, resonatory, and articulatory subsystems. Predominant methods for assessing presence, type, and degree of errors include perceptual test, include perceptual articulation tests, broad and narrow transcriptions of connected speech samples, comprehensive motor speech examinations that test non-speech and speech-like behaviors, as well as speech production over a range of task difficulties. Mantati, do you know what is assessed after? So, oral motor praxis, which is the strength, speed, range of movement, tone, accuracy, and coordination of movement for speech and non-speech tasks is assessed. This would assist with differential diagnosis of apraxia and dysarthria. The assessment of voice and resonance is then done. So, aspects such as harsh, breathy, weak voice, Hypernasality and hyponasality should be assessed when it comes to voice and resonance as it is typically absent in isolated apraxia of speech and would assist with differential diagnosis. So do you know anything else that needs to be assessed? Yes, um, motor speech planning. This includes the production of stimuli of different motoric complexities that is phonemes, syllables, monosyllabic and multisyllabic words and sentences that place varying demands on the, on the speech motor systems. This is assessed by providing the client with different stimuli and having them repeat back the stimuli. So the majority of techniques for assessing mentioned above is informal techniques. Are there any formal assessment tools that can be used? Yes, the apraxia, uh, apraxia battery for adults. However, consideration should be made when using the assessment tool in the South African context. It should be adapted to fit the context. Uh, Montati, can you tell us about intervention of an individual with apraxia of speech? 
So there are four treatment approaches and these include the articulatory kinematic approach, rate and rhythm approach, alternative or augmentative communication, intersystemic facilitation or reorganization. So since apraxial speech is a non-linguistic sensory motor disorder of articulation, therapy should concentrate on the disordered articulation and emphasize the regaining of adequate points of articulation and the sequencing of articulatory gestures. Most of the treatments should also rely on the technique of modeling or repetition to elicit productions of the desired speech behavior. Mantati, um, what is the goal of articulatory kin- kinematic approach? The main function of this approach is to provide frequent and intensive practice of speech targets, to focus on accurate speech movement, to include external sensory input for speech production such as auditory, visual, tactile and cognitive cues and to provide appropriate types and frequency of feedback regarding the individual's performance. So Fatima, do you know what kind of techniques we can use when applying this approach? Yeah, so there are a number of different techniques that can be used. These include sound production treatment, The goal of sound production treatment is to improve production of consonants that are difficult for the individual. It uses a treatment hierarchy that incorporates modeling and repetition of minimal word pairs. Auditory, visual, and tactile cues are used along with articulatory placement cueing. The speech motor learning treatment approach targets the underlying difficulties with planning and programming. The production of speech motor targets in varying phonetic contacts and in longer utterances. Non-words constructed using target consonants and vowels are used as treatment stimuli. Muntati, what other approaches can you tell us about? So there's the sensory cueing approach. So many treatments of apraxia of speech incorporate sensory cueing to teach the movement sequences for speech. Cues such as visual, auditory, proprioceptive, um, and tactile cues are used. Sensory cues can be used separately or in combination. Feedback is an important aspect of motor learning, and these external sensory cues may facilitate speech production by providing additional feedback to the individual. Integral stimulation is a method for practicing movement gestures for speech production, and it involves imitation. This technique emphasizes multiple sensory models, such as auditory, visual, or tactile. Treatment involves the individual listening to and looking at how the clinician produces a targeted sound sequence or word and then imitates the clinician. Visual cueing methods provide visual cues for the shape, placement, or movement of the articulators. Visual cues can be provided using simple hand signs or visual feedback using a mirror. Visual cues can also be provided using more technologically advanced methods such as a computer program, ultrasound images, and other forms of biofeedback. Tactile cueing refers to the speech therapist applying pressure or touching the individual's face, neck, and head to provide a tactile cue for correct production or speech movement gesture.
Can you tell us about the word and phrase focused approach that can be used in intervention? A technique that can be used here is script training. This is a functional approach that is used to facilitate verbal communication on specific topics selected by the individual. Script training helps the individual who wants to speak relatively normal on a few personally relevant and specific topics. A number of phrases are practiced so they become automatic and can be incorporated in conversation relatively fluently. What can be done for rate and rhythm, Mantati? Um, rate and rhythm control approaches can be incorporated. These are referred to as prosodic facilitation approaches. This approach makes use of intonation patterns such as melody, rhythm, and stress to improve the production of speech. These approaches are mainly aimed at improving prosody. However, they may also result in, in improvement of articulation for individuals with apraxia of speech. Using these patterns, the clinician guides the individual through a gradual progression of steps that increase the length of utterances, decrease dependence on the clinician, and decrease reliance on intonation. So Fatima, how can AAC be incorporated within intervention? AEC involves supplementing or replacing spoken language with written and or aided or unaided symbols such as picture communication, line drawing, speech generating devices, manual signs, gestures, and finger spelling. Aided symbols require some type of transmission device, whereas the production of unaided symbols requires only body movements. Unaided symbols may be more accessible in some contexts where individuals do not have access to those specific transmission devices. It is important to note that when selecting an AAC device, the clinician must determine the individual's willingness to use them. What are, the, what are some important considerations when conducting intervention on an individual with apraxia of speech, Montati? So something important to take note of is that the severity of the individual's co-occurring conditions may influence treatment decisions. These co-occurring uh, conditions may influence the hierarchy of treatment in terms of what may be most important for the specific patient contextually. When conducting therapy on patients with progressive apraxia of speech resulting from degenerative disease, the goal of treatment is to maximize communication at each stage of the disease, not necessarily to reverse the decline. Goals in the early stages might begin with efforts to improve speech and maintain comprehensibility, followed by establishing the use of compensatory strategies such as AAC. And that concludes our three-part podcast on the differential diagnosis, assessment, and intervention of motor speech disorders. We hope you enjoyed listening and learning along with us. Thank you.